Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the anger of the Lord as we pick up in Exodus chapter 4, verse 14. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. Also, behold, he's coming forth to meet you, and when he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what ye shall do. All right, that's the way you want it. We'll let Aaron go with you. Let him be your mouthpiece. But that wasn't God's, you might say, direct will. It was permissive. You're going to argue. And, and you see, Aaron became a, a real stumbling block along the line. It wasn't the best. God will lift you to the highest level that you will allow him to lift you. And then he'll do the best for you on that level. But so many times with Moses, we are limiting God to the level by which we will allow him to lift us. He could have been lifted to one higher level. God would have been with him and helped him. He didn't need Aaron. He didn't need Aaron to get in the way later on. But you want it? All right, you can have it. But you're a step below God's best for your life. And it's possible for you to live one, two, three rungs down the ladder when God would have you over the top and totally victorious. Your unwillingness to allow God to lift you to the highest level, limiting the work of God, restricting the work of God within your life. God is still so loving and gracious. He'll lift you to the highest level you will allow him, and then he'll do the very best for you on that level. But unfortunately, we seem to always be restricting that work of God in us. Settling for compromises, alternate courses. All right, you want Aaron? Fine. He can speak and let him. You put the words in his mouth. But I'll still be with your mouth and I'll be with his mouth too. And I will teach you what ye shall do. And he will be your spokesman unto the people, and he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. In other words, you'll be the go-between. I'll speak to you and give you my words, and you give my words to Aaron. So now you've got a, a, you know, a, a step between. Now who was it that made the golden calf out there in the, in the wilderness? Aaron brought a snare upon Israel. Moses is insisting that God come down to his level rather than to he arise to God's level. So you shall take this rod in your hand, and with it you will do signs. And Moses returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return to my brothers which are in Egypt. And see if they're still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. 
the Lord said unto Moses in Midian, Go, return to Egypt, for all the men are dead which sought your life. And Moses took his wife and his sons, plural. So it doesn't tell us when the other son was born. We only know of Gershom. And he set them upon a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said unto Moses, When you go to return into Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in your hand, and I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. Now that word hardened there in Hebrew is a word that literally means strengthen. I will make strong his heart. Now as we read of Moses' dealings with Pharaoh, and we'll get into this next week, we read Pharaoh hardened his heart. The word there in Hebrew is hardened. And Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then we read, and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Different Hebrew word. The Lord made firm the heart of Pharaoh, or the Lord strengthened the heart of Pharaoh. In other words, Pharaoh set his heart, and God strengthened him in that set. God strengthened him in his position. He took his position. God strengthened him in that position. You want to be stubborn? All right, I'll strengthen you in your stubbornness so I can really bop you good. That's basically what it was. You want to be stubborn? All right. Pharaoh set his heart against the Lord, hardened it, and God strengthened him in his position. Made strong the heart of Pharaoh. And God is declaring here, I'm going to make strong or strengthen his heart. that He'll not let the people go. And you shall say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith Jehovah, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, let my son go, that he may serve me. And if you refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay your son, even your firstborn. Now God said, tell Pharaoh this, look, Israel is my son, my firstborn. Now let him go and worship me. And if you refuse to do it, God's going to wipe out your son, your firstborn. And it came to pass by the way in an inn that the Lord met Moses and sought to kill him. Hard to understand. The Lord says, go to Egypt. Now Moses is going to Egypt and God meets him in the inn and starts to kill him. What happened? I don't know. Maybe he had a seizure. It is interesting. His wife knew exactly what was going on. I think that Moses and his wife had probably had a dispute over the kids. You see, God had commanded that the Hebrew children should be circumcised on the eighth day. And that circumcision was a mark of the covenant relationship of these people with God. They were to be people who were walking after the spirit, not after the flesh, thus the cutting away of the flesh. It was a symbolic action by which these people were identified as God's people. The mark of their covenant relationship with God. Now, when Moses went to Midian, married the daughter of Jethro, the, high, the, the priest that was there, Zipporah, when he had his son Gershom, he probably said, now we need to circumcise. Oh, you're not going to mutilate my child. And probably resisted Moses. And Moses, again, was, you know, he was 
so broken by his failure that he just let it go. He didn't circumcise his sons. Rather than getting a hassle with the old woman, he just said, oh, all right, you know, a meek guy, and just let it pass. And yet, she knew when God met Moses and started to kill him, and just by what method, I don't know, the scripture doesn't say, but she immediately knew what was going on. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskins of her son and threw it at Moses' feet and said, Surely a bloody husband you are to me. In other words, she was still angry about the thing. She, she went in, she gave in on it, but showed the bitterness that she had concerning the thing. So the Lord let Moses go, and again she said, A bloody husband you are because of the circumcision. So here Moses was going to lead God's covenant people out of the land, and he had not even fulfilled that covenant mark in his own children, his own sons. And because of Moses' failure, God was just impressing on him that he meant business. And Moses' wife suddenly realized that God meant business, but she still sort of blamed Moses for it and seemed to be angry with him. Now the Lord said to Aaron, go to the wilderness and meet Moses. And so he went and he met him in the mount of God and he kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all of the signs which he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spake all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshiped. Here is deliverance, and they're excited. They bow their heads and worship. And afterwards, Moses and Aaron went in and told the Pharaoh, Thus saith Jehovah God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is Jehovah that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? Well, you'll find out, buddy. <laughs> I know not Jehovah, neither will I let Israel go. So a definite challenge to God by the Pharaoh. Who is Jehovah that I should let the people go? I don't know him, and I'm not going to let them go. And they said, The God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, for three days' journey into the desert, and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with a sword. And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do ye, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their work? Get back to your burdens. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land are now many, and you are making them rest from their burdens. Who do you think you are demanding that I let them off work? Get on back to work yourself. And Pharaoh commanded the same day that the taskmasters of the people and the officers, and he said, you shall no more give the people straw to make their brick as you've done before, but let them go and gather the straw for themselves. 
but the number of bricks that they make you will lay upon them, you shall not diminish. For they are idle, for they are crying, saying, let us go and sacrifice to our God. They don't have enough to do. They want to go out and sacrifice to their God. So give them more work to do. Make them produce the same number of bricks, but don't furnish the straw anymore. Let them go and gather the straw for themselves. Let there be more work laid upon the men, that they may labor therein, and let them not regard vain words. And so the taskmasters of the people went out and the officers and they spake to the people saying, Thus saith the Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Now you go get your own straw where you can find it. And yet you must come up with the same quota of bricks. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather the stubble instead of the straw. And the taskmasters hasted them saying, Fulfill your works, your daily quotas, the same as when you had your straw. And the officers of the children of Israel, which Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and they demanded. They said, they said, why haven't you fulfilled your task in making the bricks both yesterday and today as you've done before? And the officers of the children of Israel came and cried unto Pharaoh, saying, why are you dealing with your servants like this? There's no straw given to your servants, and yet they say unto us, Make bricks, and behold, your servants are beaten, but the fault is with your own people. But he said, You are idle, you're idle. Therefore you're saying, Let's go and sacrifice to Jehovah. Go therefore now and work, for there shall no straw be given you, yet shall you deliver the same quota of bricks." So the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in an evil case. After it was said, you shall not diminish from the uh, number of bricks from your daily task. And so they met Moses and Aaron, who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, the Lord look upon you and judge, because you have made our savor to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand to slay us. And Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, what have you done? This evil, you know, to the people. Why is it that you have sent me? God, I told you I didn't want to come. Why did you send me, Lord? Why did you, you know, create this evil and all? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he's only done evil to the people, and neither has he delivered your people at all. Now, it is interesting in the city of Python, which, of course, is one of the cities that is mentioned here where the children of Israel made for the Pharaoh, that the archaeologist, in uncovering the ancient city of Python, found walls where in the lower layers the bricks have cut even straw in the bricks. As you get into the higher layers of the same wall, the bricks have uneven straw scattered in them. And in the upper layer of the bricks in the same wall, there is all kinds of stubble, roots and everything else in mixed in with the bricks, which are a perfect proof 
of the story that is here in Exodus. There in the walls and the ruins of Python, you can see the various bricks as the task was made harder. As first of all, they refused to give them the straw and let them gather straw and then later said, you just gather stubble, whatever you can. And so the, the weeds and the roots and all that were in the upper level of the bricks. And so a great confirmation of this particular chapter in Exodus is there today for the visitor to see the proof of God's word that this indeed did happen. Moses is beginning his problems with the children of Israel. They are complainers and grumblers from the word go. Here they're crying unto God, oh God deliver us. Now God sends the deliverer and the first thing they do is start to give him a bad time. And they continue to give him a bad time the rest of his life. I really feel for Moses and the task that he had in leading these people out and into the wilderness and the wandering in the wilderness. But we read how that Moses then went to the Lord and began to pour out his complaint to the Lord. Lord, why have you done this? Why did you send me, God? Things aren't getting better. They're getting worse since you sent me. It's not the people aren't better. They're worse off. You know, quite often Satan, when you embark on a work of God, throws so many things in the way that things look like they've just gotten so much worse, you wonder, oh man, did God really tell me that or did God really call me? And he does his best to discourage you right at the onset of any program that you endeavor for God. You'd be amazed. How many problems can arise when you make a commitment to God? You desire to serve the Lord. Not going to be peaches and cream. Not going to be rosy. Satan will do his best to discourage you. And so often things look like they have just gone from bad to calamity because you've launched out in faith to do a work for God. Satan will do his best to hinder it and stop it at the beginning. And he'll do anything to stop it. Discouragement, lies, anything to stop that work of God that you endeavor for him. So the secret is just keep on. If God has called you to a task, do it. Don't get discouraged at initial responses. Years ago, I thought God called me to the ministry. And so I trained, went to school, prepared, and spent 17 years trying to minister until I became so discouraged, I thought, well, maybe God didn't call me to the ministry. I was ready to quit, ready to give up so many times. Put out applications for different kinds of work. Get out of the ministry, get into something secular. I was discouraged. I was tired. Fighting the hassles. 
trying to feed a family and patch the squabbles of little people. The thing, the interesting thing is it was just after my period of greatest discouragement and really just sort of resigning from the ministry and going into home Bible studies that God really began to bless and anoint my ministry. Just when I had a good job, started making money. Satan will do his best to discourage you. He'll make you question your call. He'll challenge you on every corner. But if God has called you to do it, stick with it. God will bring you through. God will work. I know exactly how Moses felt. I've turned in my resignation to God so many times. <laughs> Lord, I've had it through. Thought you called me to the ministry, but Lord, there's nothing happening. Tired. I said, ah, oh, get out here. Get back to work. What are you doing? Crying unto me. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Exodus on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Exodus 4-5 through when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you. Watch over keep you in his love. And may we grow together in the family of God. God bless you. God keep you. And may he use you this week to spread abroad through all the land that work of Jesus Christ that he has wrought in your life. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The 1960s became one of the most colorful periods in American history. The counterculture was dropping out and turning on. The Summer of Love was the stage for many dramas of change. And the most popular musical group in the world was singing, All You Need Is Love. But one man in Southern California was reaching out with the answer, and the truth began to set people free. 
author and pastor Chuck Smith began to share the love of Jesus Christ with a generation that was looking for love in all the wrong places. Now some 40 years later, the gospel of love is still changing lives. In his book simply titled, Love, The More Excellent Way, Pastor Chuck Smith expounds upon the love that can change your life now and forever. For more information on how to obtain your copy, visit a bookstore nearest you or call 1-800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org. That's thewordfortoday.org.